0: Dice Company will always be free, but it's not free to make. Please consider supporting us on Patreon or Apple Podcasts and get access to our weekly roundtable show, Extra Roll. Just follow any of the links in the show notes for this chapter. Dice Company is a sweary, brutal, violent podcast which deals with adult themes. No feelings were hurt in the making of it, but listener discretion is advised.
1: Welcome one and all to Dice Company, where a group of old friends weave tales of triumph, heroism, and despair under the guise of playing Dungeons & Dragons. My name is Tom, and I'll be your DM through the continuing adventures of this thoroughly unlikable bunch. Unlikable bunch, please introduce yourselves and give one fun fact about your characters.
2: My character is vander Finnick uh, and a fun fact is, you may think he's absolutely disgusting already, but what you might not have picked up on is that he's got a denture, as is a uh, Top teeth there. So as uh, badly formed as his face is, you haven't yet seen it without the top uh, set of teeth there.
1: It's not pretty. Disgusting. Excellent. I don't know what I imagined, but it wasn't that. Super. Let's see. Facts. Not
2: fun facts.
3: I'm Harry. I'm playing uh, Tok, who is a warforged artificer. And a fun fact is that he is currently carrying an identical copy of himself in a bag.
1: Fantastic. I mean, this is going to be a smash hit, if ever I've heard it. We've got dentures and an identical copy in a bag.
2: I don't know if I'm that excited about dentures, but weirdly, I am excited about the completely random identical copy of himself in a bag. Hi, I'm Alex. I'm playing Augustus. And my fact this week is that, as a child, Augustus was falsely accused of killing a baby bird. It was actually one of the other boys he grew up with, but Augustus chose not to to reveal the truth, and instead took the consequences of this crime. And his decision to do that still plays on his mind.
4: So Augustus killed another boy rather than a baby bird, but took the consequences for being accused of killing a baby bird. Hang on, did I say that in a completely <laughs> weird way? It
2: no, was, it's just, it was just it a was peasant. Open to Why would anybody <laughs> care? <laughs> <laughs> so Augustus is a psycho. Is that is that is that the moral of this story?
1: Here we are, episode two, ladies and gentlemen, and one of them has already outed himself as a serial killer. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> I don't know how that happened.
4: You said it in a way that allowed me to willfully misinterpret you.
2: <laughs> That's exactly the kind of mask slip a psycho would have.
4: <laughs> Hello, I am Dave, and I am playing Benny Quez, who is a lovable rogue, or at least a rogue. And um, a fun fact about Benny in his younger days one of his friends rated his barbecued rat recipe five stars out of five. I've heard the key to it is ketchup.
1: Anyway, time for our official theme song from Mikola Sozin and the next chapter in the Dice Company adventure. Hit it. Last time you lot were having met in a basement warehouse, you killed three bounders. Congratulations, and then tortured a fourth. It was a nice touch.
4: Well, no. the, the rest of us never <laughs> wanted to torture the. We regret that, that now. So space. you know, I don't
2: suppose the game well cares, but you know, we're we're a little sorry about that one. You reformed
3: characters, are
2: you? Yeah, I wouldn't go reformed. You know, Tok
3: talk, talk was ambivalent about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, the main thing is that we're collectively sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you gained illicit access to the local station where benny stole a number of gems including one of particular interest to talk you immediately then jumped on a cart and head for the northern gate the sight of an automaton pulling a cart would normally be a strange sight to the people of lunadyne but with the rain beating down there was something about augustus riding on top which made it all work a few brief glances pass your way but they don't linger Before long you reach the outskirts of a great city and the grey brickwork is replaced with the glorious greens of a countryside currently under a deluge of water. After a few hours the rain stops and the sun begins to shine through. Overhead you see an enormous skyship is slowly hovering around the city. This is the Ravager, the personal command skyship of Emperor Salazar. It's quite common to see it hovering over the city. And it's four times the size of the next largest skyship. As you venture out of the bustling streets, the landscape gradually gives way to the idyllic countryside of Alfon. Rolling hills and verdant meadows stretch as far as the eye can see, dappled with patches of vibrant wildflowers. After a few hours, you stop for a little rest. Can I have perception checks from everyone, please? Never a good sign.
4: Uh, I see that Salazar's not really pretending to be a goodie if he's calling his airship the Ravager, is he? Uh, I rolled a six for perception, so well done me. 21. I, I rolled a
1: 19. <laughs> As you guys are stopping to have a bite to eat and a drink at the Fandor, you are looking at a roughly built stone wall near the road. Underneath, behind a brick, you find a small battered tin box. Now, as you inspect it closer, it has scrawled initials carved on the lid, which read LW. Can I open the box? Absolutely can open the box. Now you open it to find a handful of coins, six copper and five silver. There's also a delicate silver locket, its surface weathered by time. The locket's intricate engravings depict a mermaid, her hair flowing entwined over the shimmering waves and her tail elegantly curved. The craftsmanship is exquisite, obviously made by a very skilled artisan. Uh, you open the locket to find a miniature portrait inside. It portrays a handsome man with long blonde hair, staring into the distance with a hint of longing in his eyes. While etched on the back of the locket is the phrase, Forever sailing home to you, L. Winter. Alongside the coins of the locket is a small note which reads, To my darling Clara, this is all I have in the world. Use it to book passage off this cursed island. I'm about to do the unthinkable. Do not follow me. Yours always, Lucian." Interesting. Well, i take the money.
2: <laughs> I close the box and I replace the box because I'm not, you know, all monster. I'm going to put that back there. <laughs> I rejoin the group. Gentlemen, looks like our fortunes are turning up slightly. I found some coin there. Just locked away in the wall. I take it we're all equal sharers here. Aye, sounds good. Indeed. I take it we're still going to trundle onwards.
1: As you set off, the air carries a gentle, cool breeze which whispers through the leaves of the ancient oak trees lining the roadside. Uh, you travel for the majority of the day and with the sun threatening to go down behind the horizon, you think it's a good opportunity to stop for a rest. And I have survival checks. That's an 18 for me. And a 15 for talk And rolling like a king.
4: <laughs> well, so far, isn't it?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, Vanda, you are keeping your keen eyes open for a good spot to rest up. And You managed to find a picturesque clearing nestled between a grove of ancient oak trees. Stepping off the cart, the grass beneath your feet is soft and inviting. This is a perfect spot to rest. I rest. You guys get off the cart and you may now attempt to set up a camp. And if you'd like to forage for food or anything like that, or look for water.
3: Uh, Tok doesn't, um, doesn't really eat or drink uh, or really normally set up a, a camp, so he's just going to go and um, have a look at the plants and see what he can find nearby, unless, unless someone's asking him for stuff.
1: <laughs> just slightly set back from the camp area, you find a gentle stream meandering through the landscape, offering a smooth melody of nature. So you stop and fill up your water skin, uh, while Vander sets up the actual camp proper. The sun begins its descent, casting a warm, golden hue across the horizon. Having been alerted to the the small stream, you see a thick hedge, and there is a small red bird chirping beautifully. It looks at you for a moment and flies away, revealing the finger of a stone statue buried deep within the hedge. Mm. Nothing else? Just that? Just that. Okay.
2: talk. I don't suppose I could take a moment of your time, could I? Tock looks at you slightly quizzically
3: and said how would that work?
2: I smile graciously. I don't suppose with your eyes, we must be much better than mine. You could see that hedge and maybe something that's hidden within it. It looks to me like there might be a statue there, something that might be worth checking out, something that really is beyond the old bones.
3: I will investigate. Uh, Tock will walk over and um, poke around in the hedge. Vanda will stay flimsily,
2: clutching his staff, barely able to stand up.
1: Tuck, as you remove bits of the vegetation from around the statue, you reveal it to be the statue of a human man, kneeling down with his hand pointing towards the stream. His other hand is covering his face. Vanda, as you watch this, you think that the stonework is quite exquisite. It's incredibly lifelike.
2: I... uh extract a chocolate bar from one of my many pockets and gum it while i consider uh, the statue i don't suppose i can do an investigation check on the statue now i've
1: got full view firstly disgusting use of the chocolate (laughs) bar (laughs) secondly you can absolutely do a proper another investigation check of the statue Then i further investigate with a 22 now that you can see it in all its glory you're not convinced this is a statue you think that there might have been some kind of magical means to turn an actual person to stone.
2: Mm. Okay, I do that thing that old people do, where despite making a massive song and dance about it, I've eaten next to none of the chocolate bar. I seem sated, though, and I stop gumming it, extract a hanky, wipe my slit of a mouth clean of the chocolate, or replacing it while I investigate the statue. Gentlemen, I can't help but feel that that statue is a little too excellent to just be craftsmanship. I sense the presence of magic here. Given the gesture towards the stream, I can't help but feel that maybe the water isn't
1: for drinking.
3: Toc will go and have a look at the water and see if he can uh, discern anything like unusual about it.
1: You can do a check based on the alchemist supplies. 17. After years in the wilderness, you're obviously a bit of an expert. This water seems completely fine.
3: I detect no calcifying properties from this water.
2: As I thought, such things give me more pause for concern. Benny, I'm not a doctor, but it might be an idea to stick two fingers down your throat right about now.
3: Are there any creatures in nature that have this effect?
2: Give me a nature check.
3: 25.
1: Yes, <laughs> there are creatures in nature of which have this property. Cockatrice, bite, whose bite can turn people to stone. Can I check the statue for a bite? Boy, I remember your investigation role from before. There is a nip around the ankle. You can see a very obvious indentation. And what else
2: can we know? Would we talk have details of this creature, its habits?
3: It is about the size of a chicken. <laughs> it's yeah, that's going on in my memory. I actually don't remember.
1: Size of a turkey.
3: Size of a turkey. Okay. So yeah. it's
1: it's a turkey sized chicken with scales and bat wings.
4: It is a hideous creature. What do you reckon fellas no, Maybe it is not place to camp after all, perhaps.
2: Mm, I don't fancy being turned to stone by a large, angry chicken, that's true. Doesn't
4: seem like a way to go, does it? It's not one that, you know, they don't write songs about that.
2: No.
3: Cockatrices are known to move around. May we check the stone for weathering to detect how long it has been here?
2: Mm, an interesting idea.
3: I suspect it has been here for some time.
2: Do we know if such creatures tend to stay in the same area, or are they more
1: wandering folk? If someone wants to give me a survival check, I can tell you if you can find any evidence of cockatrice. I'll try that. Uh, nine. Nope, no evidence. Well, it looks great. Nothing to worry about here.
4: <laughs> well, if you reckon it's uh, an ageing statue, maybe we camp here, but set up a watch.
3: It would cost us nothing to move on to a Safer location.
4: That's true, that's true. Jock, do you need
3: sleep? I require rest, but not unconsciousness.
2: How utterly terrifying and fascinating at the same time. (laughs) 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 Would it be possible for you to pull the cart while we sleep and maybe take a shorter rest yourself?
3: I estimate I would require six hours motionless.
2: That's better than the 24 I usually require. I uh, clamber up onto the cart.
1: Benny, a ride? I wouldn't say no, thank you. Uh, So, yeah, so having found the perfect spot to camp for the night, you decide it's not perfect. 27 minutes down the road, you find an equally perfect-looking small haven amidst the wilderness. Those of you who have tents, pitch them uh, and Vanda is able to successfully light a crackling campfire, which illuminates the small area around you.
2: I settle down around it, making old man noises.
4: What we what we going to do about uh, a bit of a rotor for keeping watch then? I don't mind taking first watch.
2: All right. Very good of you. I don't mind it in a second. That's your turn to time it chime in there, Tock.
3: Tock the will just tell you, uh, <laughs> um, I will watch the whole night. Normally, okay. the stars.
2: If you could try to keep your attention on the chickens that might try and turn us to stone, that would be delightful. I'll certainly rest easy knowing that Tock's got his eye on the ball. Got, got any plans to
4: uh, offer taking a watch yourself there, Augustus, or just going to have a nice, nice kip?
2: Yeah, I am rather tired, thank you.
4: Okay, I'll wake you up when I'm done then, all right. <laughs>
2: well, see you in the morning.
4: Well, probably about four, but yeah, call it in the morning if you want.
1: You guys sit around the campfire, uh, and above you is a bright tapestry of stars.
4: I say, don't don't see a lot of stars like this in the city, do you? It's, uh, it's all right, I could get used to this. They are pretty, aren't they? They're kind of amazing.
3: I would agree. I did not care the city. Was it your first time in a city recently? It was, indeed, my first time in a city. I have spent my time in the wild.
2: Oh, lovely story, talk, Rich and compelling. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Benny? What? I've uh, noticed that you seem quite at home in the urban environment.
4: Uh, well, i spent, spent most of my life in uh, in Middleton. Do you know it?
2: I oh, know a bit of everywhere. Not au fait with Middleton, per se, but some of it, yes. That where you grew up, was it?
4: Aye, that's right, that's right. Lunadine's Forge, apparently they call it. It's all industry there. Lots of hard workers. The old rich man. Getting richer off them,
2: basically. Fascinating, and apropos of nothing. Augustus. <laughs> 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 all very, very fine wares. I presume you come from a slightly different background to Benny. Slightly different, yes, I'd say. I, I come from uh, from the old continent, in Cantioch. Oh, lovely. And what brings you our way? Oh, a spirit of adventure. Oh, I'm sure that's just ahead of us, or maybe behind us, depending on the location of the deranged chicken hellbent on creating statues of our petrified corpses. Well, quite. You never know when a deranged chicken's going to turn up, do you? Ah, oh, as it is often said. What about yourself, Ander? Well, I would like to share more of my past, but, um... I am unfortunately a private man by nature, though I have to say I'm no particular fan of the Empire. They've uh, left me with some rather dark memories, shall we say. We've got any Empire sympathisers here? The
3: Empire are associated with the Bounders, are they not?
2: That's correct, Toc.
3: I have no sympathies for them.
2: And yourself, Benny?
4: Well, uh, fuck them, is what I say.
3: (laughs) So Toc looks at Benny in, again, a very uh, confused way <laughs> for a little while.
4: Not being literal, Toc, it's, uh, it's a turn of phrase. It means it means I'm not fond of him. I am glad.
2: And Augustus? Yes, I, well, I suppose my sentiments were rather well summed up by Benny's rather agricultural language. I I wouldn't adopt that particular turn of phrase, but if Benny wants to uh, fuck them, I have no objection. Not literally, Toc. Not to worry. We plan to do mostly, not that. If we encounter Bounders again, I would like to kill them. Well, uh, I'm not sure that's quite the good idea, Talk. I feel, I mean, the Empire probably has more Bounders than even you can kill. I would suggest fighting all the Bounders indiscriminately might not be the best way to ensure our own survival.
4: I think Augustus has sort of got a point, though I'd, I'd say he expresses it in a slightly weird fashion as appears to be his way but we're probably somewhat wanted after they find what what they're going to find in that warehouse so it might not be a bad idea to keep our heads down for a bit and not cause any more trouble unless we need to
2: Mm, i agree i also think the sentiment we share about the empire might serve us well before we get to the end of our travels where we're going we're going to need some things from them i'm afraid so i think on that note i'm going to turn in lots to do tomorrow aren't you on first watch Oh silly me. <laughs> My old bones. Maybe there's time for a bit of chocolate then.
4: Well, in that case, I am turning in right now. See you later. Yep.
2: Yeah. Good night all. Sleep well. Will you tell me more about what's in the bag, Toc?
3: Toc will reach into the rucksack, bring out the sack, loosen the ties on the top, and uh we'll sort of bring the uh, the, the mouth of the bag down over a a head that Almost identically matches his own, except for the extensive damage.
2: This is Tick. Friend of yours? He is my creator. And I don't suppose you're interested in getting him back somehow?
3: I seek repairs. This was the function of the memorandum crystal that we recovered from the Bounders.
2: And once you've got Tick back,
3: what would you plan to do? Tick will probably decide. I tend to follow. He is my parent.
2: Well, I have some errands to run, and you look like a very capable person to have along. So however this goes, yourself and Tick are very welcome to join me should you find yourself at a loose end. I'm sure we can come to some accommodation. I find that acceptable. All three of my teeth grin back at you. <laughs> it
1: always makes it gross. Top doesn't, re-
2: <laughs> like, doesn't
3: react at all to the hideousness, Like just washes over him.
2: I hunker down on my
1: staff, barely upright, but eyes still gleaming. Uh, Vando, please roll a d20. Fifteen. Um, your watch passes without incident. And you go and you wake Benny from his slumber. I tap him with my cane.
2: Benny. Good evening. No turn, I'm afraid. All right. Cheers. Ciao.
4: Have a good sleep.
2: Augustus snores loudly.
4: You're right there, Sock. Anything to report?
3: the stars. It is a clear night.
4: To get what you needed from that ruby?
3: I have not yet attempted repairs. I
4: require more time. Okay, fair enough. That ruby is just going to fix you up, is it? is it? And is that a one-time thing, or can you use that over and over again? It is not for me. Oh, I see.
3: It is a memory a memory core for my creator, Tick.
4: For the add in the bag? Indeed. And when you get Tick back, does that mean there's going to be two of you in group, or does something else happen?
3: We are separate individuals.
4: Do you come as a team, or, or do you do you go your separate ways? We are a team. Interesting. Interesting. Well, curious to see what happens when uh, when tick comes along. Anyway, I'll leave you to your stargazing and uh, get on with my watch. Benny, please roll a d twenty.
2: Eight. Your watch also
1: passes without incident. Oh, I see this.
2: I mean, tells me the chicken rolled badly there. <laughs>
4: I go, and, I go and wake Augustus in a, a not especially subtle fashion. Oh, you were serious? Yep, absolutely serious. Off you pop. <laughs> no, no <laughs> Augustus.
2: I thought that fellow didn't have much of a sense of humour. Now I discover I'm being turfed out of my warm bed this ungodly hour.
4: I make some very noisy, comfortable noises.
2: I talk loudly to talk. Hey, Toc!
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. What are you watching, Tok? What do you see in the stars after all this time? There are constellations, there are moving stars, and there are travelling stars. Do you learn anything from them? Or do you just watch them for some some relaxation? Is that the right word?
3: They may be used to tell the time and date.
2: And that's it? Not that you don't get anything else from them? I have insufficient data. If you don't mind me asking, Tok, what do you want? I seek repairs. And once you have your repairs? My goals will change. And you don't know what they'll change to become? Not presently. I lack data. Hmm. Very wise. Interesting. Well, we all lack data, don't we at this time? Well, I'll leave you to it, Toc. I'll probably have a bit of a snooze if you're happy watching. I shall watch for chickens. Wonderful. Well, watch for everything. Any Anything that approaches that's bigger than an ordinary chicken, then wake me up and I'll raise the alarm. I find this acceptable. Wonderful. Augustus settles down for a nice rest.
1: <laughs> With the gentle snoring of your companions from the tents, you hear a rustling coming from the south of your current location.
3: Um, Tok will reach into his bag, take a small glowing stone and throw it to where the rustling is
1: you hurl it over augustus's tent walk slightly to the side to get a view to get a better view um you can see around the stone light is a grotesque turkey-sized chicken with wings like a bat that is currently pecking berries off of a bush
3: so it isn't making any aggressive moves towards us. Okay, I think I'm gonna try and quietly wake the others by like prodding them with my uh, the, the blunt end of my spear. Uh, I'm gonna try and do it stealthily.
1: You three are all awoken by a gentle prodding from Tock.
3: I will I will do the universal symbol for quiet and then point over at the grotesque chicken thing. I'm not gonna initiate attacking it or anything.
2: Can these things fly?
3: Look you a your thumbs up.
1: Shit. Wow, well, balls. Can I have perception checks from Benny, Augustus, and Vanda, please?
3: I'm really hoping there's not like a second one of
4: these things. 19. I got a 23 with a nat 20.
2: Gentleman 7.
1: With all of you focusing on the grotesque looking turkey sized cockatrice, Benny, you turned round to ask Vanda a question, and you can see just over his shoulder a long, hairy black leg is appearing. I don't want to panic anyone,
4: but there's a fucking massive spider behind Vander.
0: Benny, do something, please.
4: But don't worry, I've got a plan. Go and offer it a cigarette and see what happens. It's
2: a fine joke, Benny. Oh, well, it's the first he's made. I'm, I'm, I'm rather impressed in the circumstances. Does someone want to go and engage the spider that will imminently be stabbing me with its pincers? Talk. do you reckon that cockatrice, do you reckon you're immune
4: to
3: it? He will sort of give you a a thumb to the side waggling motion.
2: Question B Do you think you might be immune to the spider as well? Because I'd quite like to go back in my tent. Thumbs up to the spider. In that case, Toc, I suggest you go and help Vanda with the spider. Benny and I will get our longbows out, just or our shortbows, and keep an eye on this chicken fellow. Okay, Toc will
3: make his way around the fire.
1: No stealth check, please, Toc. Uh, That will be
3: disadvantage, I'm afraid. Look, it's not the stealthiest giant walking suit of (laughs) armour.
2: Honestly, I've lost count of the amount of times stealthy giant suits of armour have sneaked up on me.
3: Quite awesomely, I rolled an 18 and a 16, so uh, 16!
1: As you begin to move, the obviously loud sound of your armour moving, the cockatrice for a moment lifts its head up from its berry bush. and It looks left to right and then goes back to eating the berries vander you're you're obviously stock still with a gigantic spider creeping over your shoulder
2: i'm gonna to stay totally still i send a, a mental message to uh tock which simply reads it's got an eye the size of a meatball <laughs> <laughs> i will use my spear to try
3: and blast it away into the wood
1: Athletic check 14 with precision and stealthiness, despite your unwieldy size, you line up the shot, swing your spear, and the spider flies ten feet back into a tree. Everyone, roll initiative, please. Three, oh, Vanda nineteen, five, sixteen. Penny, you are first to act. What's the um, What's the spider doing? Uh, the spider and is now looking aggressively towards Vanda and Tuck. I'm going to spear
4: it. Can I glance at the cockatrice and see what that one's
1: doing? You can. uh, The the cockatrice has heard the sound of the spider uh, and is now looking directly at the campsite.
4: Guess I'm going to shoot cockatrice. 15 with the short.
1: That is a hit. Roll for damage.
4: 10 piercing plus 5 additional. Total
1: of 15. Very nice. You draw your short bow, uh, making sure to keep Augustus in the loop of what's going, and you let loose the first shot. Pierces the bulging side of the cockatrice the animal lets out an ungodly shriek (laughs) it's definitely now heading in your direction it moves in a kind of undulating way
2: terror turkey I am going to fire a longbow at the aforementioned undulating undulating space chicken nine slightly unaccustomed to fighting tell me it looked good Did, did I look full of dash
1: oh yeah you looked magnificent. And actually, as Benny watches you, Benny, the, he looks like he knows what he's doing. Is, he's striking quite the pose. And as Benny gives you the thumbs up, you grin and fire, and the arrow lands with a thud directly in front of the cockatrice, having not hit it.
2: Well, it may have attracted its attention.
1: Uh, the giant spider, having been knocked back by Toc, uh, it launches itself and attaches itself, Tock, to your face and attempts to bite you. So we'll, we'll go with the eight... Um, that misses, you can sort of see it as it stabs, bites into your head, uh, and you just hear this very dull metallic clang as it completely misses. The cockatrice changes direction and charges at Augustus. So 21, Augustus.
2: uh, I deflect it with a a plucky can-do attitude.
1: Excellent. Does that mean it hits? Yes. And it does four piercing damage. Could you now please give me a constitution saving throw? 20? That <laughs> His attack is ruled
2: unconstitutional and overturned.
4: Do not turn to stone at this time. <laughs> yeah.
2: The bite hurts and nothing more. You might not want to let it do that again. I don't. I bought these clothed at Batastuta's. <laughs>
3: So, okay, uh, I've I've got a spider on my face. Uh, I'm going to drop my spear, use a hands, take the spider off my face, mm-hmm. um, throw it to the ground, and then draw my mace and start hitting it on the floor. That's only a 12 to hit.
1: You do indeed grab the spider off of your face, throw it to the floor, and draw the mace, swing it towards the ground, and with a thud, it just goes into the wet dirt. Vander.
2: Having very unsteadily got to my feet, I'm going to lean round tock and attempt to skewer the arachnid with a, a magical
1: missile so roll 3d4 and add 3 11 uh, please explain what the what the magic missile does to this spider that you've just annihilated
2: <laughs> <laughs> so vander as i say leans round tock and points his cane at the spider a magical bolt fires direct from the cane, It scuds into centre mass, and bits of leg and venom and spider explode in a kind of weird, gory confetti. I feel like you know how kids in the past used to have like insects pinned into books. I feel like Vander keeps all the things he kills in some sort of massive collection. <laughs> Benny,
4: I'm just gonna move a little, and then and then fire at cockatrice there. Twenty one, obviously hits. Uh, ten piercing. Please
1: explain the death of the cockatrice.
4: The arrow flies true, hits the cockatrice in the flank, and with a hideous scream, the
2: creature slumps to the ground.
1: Nice work. Very nice.
2: That could have gone a whole lot worse. Yeah. I hobble over to the embers of the fire and crouch down, trying to get some warmth back into my bones. I might go over to the, the corpse and see if there's anything to be retrieved.
1: Give me a uh, medicine check. There's five. You you attempt to remove some of the feathers uh, and parts of the animal, uh, but you do such a horrible job of it, you basically just end up butchering it in a really bad way, and there's just like a pile of flurry and viscera left on the floor.
2: Oh, God, this watch is with utter disgust. What is Benny attempting to do?
3: (laughs) He is trying to take feathers away with an
2: axe. Oh, that's lovely, Benny. (laughs) What were you saying about your cooking skills? Most impressive.
4: (laughs) Yeah, sorry. I, when it when it comes to cutting stuff up, I should have come to you, shouldn't I, Vendor? I realise that now.
2: Mm, I can't wait to try your rat-o-van.
4: I'll, I'll make it for you one day. I'll
2: make it for you. Don't knock it till you've tried it. It's a nail of nerve there. It's like he's spitting feathers.
4: Actually, not O-van. We van We couldn't afford the van, the the, the rat-o-van. Barbecue rat, Vendor. Barbecue rat.
2: I chuckle and scratch my horse-hair fake toupee whilst doing so. Well, gentlemen, uh, I might uh, spend the rest of the night actually sleeping, uh, if you don't mind. Though, thank you, Toc, for uh, ridding me of the spider that was going to eat me whole. And well done again, Benny. You lasted a good ten seconds before melting into the shadows. I'm, I'm sorry, who who killed Cockatrice? Oh, you, Benny. Twice, if I'm counting correctly. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Oh, there you and
2: go. Then. Back to
4: and yeah, quality, quality keeping watch. Augustus, good job. Keep it up.
1: Thanks very much. You're all welcome.
4: And uh I return to Augustus's <laughs> tent, get into his bed, and leave him to watch.
1: It's really comfortable. It is lovely. It's an absolute delight. Um, and you guys are able to rest for the remainder of the. Evening.
3: What a
2: relaxing night.
3: talk doesn't need to drink. He's going to go and get some water. In I still got a water flask. Um, and. Uh, on the edge of like, the camp he's going to open that the lockbox he's got mm-hmm. pour some water inside the rest of you if you're watching you see it a bit like the scene from um pulp fiction as he opens the lockbox golden glowing light comes out it's just cup bathing him in golden light and then he'll close it put it back in his pack, and carry on
1: very nice i like that
3: <laughs> so i see charlie's face just feel like hmm <laughs> what is that
2: <laughs> evander is very interested by that <laughs>
1: You guys have rested, uh, eaten your delicious breakfasts, and you are back on the road, only a hour or so away from your location. Founder, would you like to explain what you know of the place that is coming up? A gentleman.
2: I will shortly be approaching the Nimbus Foundry. That's where they're keeping me elemental. We need that in order to start my craft properly, so... I think a bit of teamwork wouldn't go amiss as we try and navigate our way to it.
4: Who um, who exactly is they in this situation, uh, Vanda?
2: I think they, we can take this time to mean the Empire, specifically that part of the Empire that likes subjugating children.
4: Oh, best part of Empire.
2: Yeah, lovely. One of their many flavours, isn't it? I think there'll be a guard on the gate and we could use a plan for getting past that guard.
4: Let's take a look. I might be able to Grapple up the wall, get down the other side.
1: Yeah, having travelled for uh, an hour or so, uh, you begin to follow a long path and the landscape begins to change. Gone are the rolling fields of emerald green, replaced with the greys and browns of stone and mud. The uneven path smooths slightly, and neatly cut boulders sit idly by the side of the road. A sharp left turn brings you to a crevice in the hillside, and before you in the distance, a set of tall metal barred gates. Beyond the gates looms a large factory building with a dozen identical windows at the front. Large painted letters on the building's front face read Nimbus Foundry. The foundry is surrounded on all three sides by steep, almost vertical inclines, as if the countryside had been scooped out to make room for the foundry. In front are dozens of small figures, all hunched over, scraping at the dirt with their bare hands. Closer to you, on the right-hand side of the gates, is a sentry box in which sits a man uh, he appears to be holding a folded paper. I'm interested in trying to
2: work out the guard ratio here. Guards to kids, 25.
1: That a natural 20?
2: Tell me everything. everything. <laughs> How many natural? Have you wrote anything but a natural 20 in this game so
1: far? Even even with only one eye, the guard in the sentry box uh, appears to be out of shape and slovenly. Beyond that, there are maybe two dozen small figures, and there are two like adult figures stood over them. You cannot see into the factory from where you are. It seems to me, gentlemen, we have an opportunity
2: to get what we want and do something, dare I say, good. If we could incapacitate, kill, maim, or otherwise remove the three obstacles in front of us, we might be able to incite some sense of rebellion in the remaining inmates of this place and in the confusion they then cause, seek our goal. They may, of course, free themselves, and, well, everyone wins, don't they? It would appear so. Doesn't sound like a terrible idea. Thank you, Benny. Well, credit where it's due. I nod. I mean, inciting a riot by a group of frightened children, overseen by what will, no doubt, with you guys, soon become some frightened guards, contains a certain amount of risk for the children, the guards, and even ourselves. You're right, it is shaping up to be quite a Tuesday, isn't it? It is actually Tuesday as well. (laughs) Just can't stop rolling twenties. So I have a plan for the right words to get the effect we want. I maybe lack the muscle to take care of the three obstacles. How about
4: this? If I'm able to sneak round to Sentry Box, maybe put a knife to guard's throat, I could get him to call over the other two.
2: Well, it usually takes me around twenty minutes to move twenty feet, so I might Sit this one out. If I'm if I
4: if I manage to get behind him, you know, I don't have to get him to shout straight away, do I? Once I've got him, it gives you time to get into position, and then we could uh, handle the other two. It sounds like
2: a fine plan to me. It does. And I suggest we hop to
1: it, Benny. Let's kick things off with a delicious.
2: This yes, is the whole thing
4: for the part, isn't it?
1: This <laughs> this is basically it. This is the entire um, scenario.
3: It's going to go. I was going to say, if you want to give an extra D4, he's going to yeah give you some advice.
1: I'd, I'd like an extra D4, please. Go on, roll a D4 and add it.
4: Thirteen.
1: <laughs> the guard has a minus one modifier. Oh. Rolls a 12. Uh, you have successfully navigated your way up to the eastern side. You then quickly and quietly scramble down the hill and find yourself directly behind the sentry box.
4: I like to very quietly open the door. The guard is
1: sat there. You can see he's got black hair, but with plenty of greys in it, looking forward, and you can see he has a newspaper in his hand.
4: I draw my knife, quietly bring it round to the front of his neck, and just say, Shh, hold still, be very quiet,
1: and now it'll happen. And he slowly puts the newspaper down. I don't want any trouble. No,
4: and you won't get any from me, the as longer as you do just what I say. And I wave to the others to let them know that the situation's in hand.
1: Augustus, as you peer around the boulder and look between the gates, you can see the children. They're much closer to you now, maybe 30 feet away. The two guards are stood over them. Um, One of them is currently whipping one of the children. You also know that Benny has the sentry guard with a knife at his throat.
2: Wait, send that message to Benny. Go. Summon the guards outside. I say
4: to the guard very quietly, Right, pal. Here's what's going to happen. You are feeling very ill and you think you're having an heart attack. You're going to shout that loudly and you're going to call your pals to come and help you. And if you do that, I'm going to tie you up quietly and leave you alone. And if you don't do that, I'm not. Do you understand? Aye. Okay. So, make it a good acting job. Off you go. He, he coughs for a moment. <clears throat> oh no, I'm having an heart attack. Bit
1: of, a, bit of a cry of pain, maybe? Show. Oh! My chest. Oh, my heart. My chest. My chest. Oh, what's the Think of my, my kids. Oh, the heart. Oh, no. Talk, Augustus, and Vander, you hear this really unconvincing heart attack verbally happening from the sentry. And so do the guards behind the gate, who move worriedly towards the sound of their colleague having a heart attack. They open. And unlock the gate and head towards the sentry box.
3: I think it's time to uh, to attack. Yeah. yeah. Yep. okay Rough, so is, uh, I will as a, as a leave cover, I will um shoot a firebolt at the lead guard and then rush him. Tok is gonna get a seventeen to hit with a firebolt. It hits. Six damage.
1: Toc raises his hand in the air, a moot of fire blasts out of the end of his hand. Uh, flies through the air and smashes the guard in the shoulder. He looks surprised to be attacked. Vanda. Despite usually
2: leaning on my stick, I drop pretty nimbly to one knee, raise my stick up, point it at the same guard, and fire magic missile. Uh, So that's a nine.
1: Please describe what happens to the guard.
2: My first two darts actually fly wide. But the third one straight through the eye socket and the guard just collapses to the ground. Vanda, of course, straightens up in a haggard way and begins very slowly walking in the direction of the fight.
1: Uh, Augustus, there is one guard left. Uh, you see the other one basically explode into fire.
2: Yeah, Augustus is outraged by the whipping of the children. But so he draws his rapier, shouts, swine, and leaps towards the guard
1: downhill. Uh, it's only 25 feet, so you can easily make the distance. 22. That is very obviously a hit. Oh, uh, awesome. So having having declared him a swine, you run towards him, swing your rapier and cut him heavily on the arm. And uh, now that you're close to him, you can see that he's holding a whip in one hand. Benny, the guard, the guard that you're holding at knife point is currently still talking about his fake heart attack.
4: I say, I'm not sure you deserve this after that performance, but a deal's a deal. And I attempt to tie him up using my hempen rope.
1: Give me a dexterity check. 19. You comfortably tie him up. Would you like to move occasionally? Would like to also gag him though. Yes. Uh, What are you using to gag him? Didn't bring anything special.
2: I uh, hobble past at this point, having just about reached (laughs) the actual fighting, and I withdraw a hanky. It's only a bit used. Thank you. Pleasure. Gagging him with a disgusting handkerchief. Nice work on the heart attack, by the way. Very
1: resourceful. Don't compliment him on that. It was awful.
4: Awful pleasure.
1: (laughs) The guard strikes at Augustus with a 21. Honestly, Augustus is Taylor. Please take three slashing damage. So, yeah, the guard draws a club that is hanging around his waist. He takes it and heavily hits you in the right arm. He begins shouting expletives in your general direction. Talk.
3: Yeah, talk wolf yeah. Caught up with Augustus, holding his mace high above high above his head. He's just going to run into the guy and
2: try and hit him at the same time. A six.
1: <laughs> your mace thumps into the ground, ineffective.
2: Bander. I am going to use telekinetic hand to push the guard back.
1: Eleven. It's not enough. So Augustus, you've just been hit by this guard. To your right, Vanda just raises a hand in the air and the guard suddenly is pushed away from you, five feet back from your combat. You can take attack of opportunity.
2: I will have another go at him with the
1: rapier if that's okay. Absolutely. A hit. Please roll for damage. Eleven. Please explain how Augustus kills the guard. He
2: whips the rapier around and the tip of it neatly slits the man's throat.
1: Very graphic. Lovely.
2: (laughs) Well, a couple of days with these boys and I'm uh, basically Hannibal
1: Lecter. (laughs) It's been one day. (laughs) You guys are stood in front of the factory. The gates are open. There is one guard tied up and two dead. I finally
2: make it to Augustus. Panting now. Oh, silly goose. Lost his footing there, didn't he? Yes, and his windpipe. I think the bigger problem we have, Vander, is that we're now the official carers of 25 children. Oh, a good point. I guess that does progress us to stage two of the plan. Can they not survive in the wild at their age? Uh, Not if Vanda gets anywhere near them. Vanda, I think perhaps you should keep your distance from the children, for their sake, as much as yours. Vanda spreads his arms wide. Children love me! Uh, (laughs) Augustus very cautiously (laughs) allows Vanda to continue, but does not lower his sword. I hobble towards the children. Uh, children, I've got some chocolate. I go as far as I can. I'm hoping the children will make the distance back to me. Miss Vander's they done a do. lot today. Yeah,
1: the, the children have seen what's unfolded, and they, they nervously walk towards you. Small girl with curly blonde hair steps forward uh, and raises her hand for a piece of chocolate.
2: I deftly cut a, a little section off and hand it to her, and begin cutting the chocolate and handing it out to the to the children one by one.
1: They look incredibly nervous and now that you're close up you can see that they're covered in cuts and bruises but they they hungrily wolf down the pieces of chocolate you distribute to them. Is this all you know, lad? Yes. We have to pay off our tithes. Yeah, sad existence,
2: isn't it? I was once a guest of the empire, you know. I'm sure you think that if you do what you're told you might avoid the lash, maybe make some airships, pay off your tithe and life might improve. Well, I know you're young, but I'm afraid that's not always how the story goes. I've got a different idea, though.
1: How about you escape today? Their eyes light up, and they they look around to one another nervously. I produce a knife and hand it,
2: handle first, to who appears to be the ringleader. What's your name, lad? Jack. Now, Jack, you seem like a resourceful boy. The chocolate was to indulge your sweet tooth, and the knife here is to indulge your sense of... Taking
1: that freedom you might enjoy. Give me a persuasion check at advantage. You can thank the chocolate for the advantage. Uh, Thirteen. Jack takes the knife out of your hand, looks at it for a moment, and then he grips the handle tightly, looks you in the eyes, and nods. Excellent, a natural-born killer. I thought
2: you might be good at this. Well, nothing more for me to say then, other than enjoy. Query,
3: how many more guards are there in this complex?
1: there's only five more i think well spread the word to your friends i'm sorry
2: bandit is the plan here to arm a child with a knife and leave him to kill five adult guards
4: i i had the plan down as have the kids cause a bit of chaos that will uh, make it easier for us to dispatch the guards i'm not
2: sure um I'm, oh, I'm not sure but i feel like i'm agreeing with augustus again i don't think we leave him to it i'm i'm highly agreeable well of course all suggestions are welcome, but I guess I live on the principle if you're old enough to be whipped half to death, you might also be old enough to take on your captors and claim your own freedom. Not saying that if we don't meet any guards, we might dispatch them ourselves, but chaos is always useful in a situation like this, and we're all busy people.
1: While this conversation is going on, a few of the children have moved towards Vander, and when he finishes speaking, they hug him around his leg and around his waist.
2: I turn to Augustus. You see, they love me. Truly, you're the Pied Piper of this factory. I nod. Um, (laughs) Tock isn't going to wait around, you know, walk towards the factory.
1: Children see Tock marching through and begin to fall in line. Perfect. I'm going to hobble along after them. A very band.
4: I uh, look round. Is there just a single entrance or are there
1: multiple? There are two entrances at the front, and you suspect there will also be an entrance on either side.
4: So I shout to Tok. We'll go in on right hand side. See if you can drive them towards us and we'll uh, start shooting.
3: Tok is going to uh I say say from his from his kit he's gonna take like a um ointment thing and, and cover himself with it slightly, uh casting false life. I sense there may be violence.
1: Uh, So before, Tuck, before you or Benny are able to reach the doors with an army of children behind you and Vanda behind them, you see a number of guards sprint out of the front door, two come out of the left-hand door, and before you can react, the children charge towards them, being led by the one holding the knife. The guards take a defensive position, but the lead child leaps like a feral animal onto the guard and begins stabbing him repeatedly in the face. See a third guard look out from the doorway.
3: Can I make it to that guy before he can close the door? Try and um, jam his spear in between the uh, the door jams.
1: Give me athletics check.
3: Uh, 20, 22 on athletics. <laughs> I'll just run straight into the door and knock it open <laughs> if I can.
1: And that's a natural one for the guard who gets <laughs> obliterated by Toc at the door opening. Smash through Benny and Augustus. What would you like to do?
4: I guess, for the lack of a better idea, I'm going to continue with my plan to go through the right-hand door see what
2: happens. I think Augustus is going to swerve and go to the door where tock has gone through. Uh, Vanda, I'm going to carry on through the door following Toc. It's magnificent <laughs> example of smashing straight through.
3: Sometimes you've got to uh, use weighing 310 pounds to your advantage.
1: Toc, you have entered into the, the main factory floor. Uh, Augustus, you have reached the children and the two guards. Um, the two guards are dead by the time you get there. They've just beaten to death by a sea of children.
2: quite there to save their souls, that's unfortunate.
1: The children have been worked up into a frenzy. The children now appear to be branching off into different directions, some heading towards the gates, some heading to the east and the west, uh, and a couple are heading in through the door that Top has just dashed down.
3: Can I see that guard on the inside?
1: You can see a dead guard on the inside.
2: Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> But that answers my question. I mean, I think Augustus would like to kind of round up and try and calm and protect the kids. Uh, So if there's a critical mass of kids that he can attempt to speak to and kind of bring to heel, then he'll do that. Otherwise, he'll follow talk.
1: There there is a kind of a group of them heading to the west away from the factory.
2: Come here. Come here. Wait. We'll just wait with us. Wait with us. And we'll find we'll find out what we'll work out what to do with you.
1: For the rest of you, the main factory floor is filled with large vats, which are tilted away from the wall and suspended by thick metal chains. Beneath them, flames lick up and heat the bottoms. Each vat is obviously filled with molten hot metal, which you can see through a porthole at the bottom. Before you, you can see three guards. That between the second and third vat is a large spherical glass container. Inside appears to be a small, constantly moving tornado. Oh, air elemental, I imagine. Okay, I hobble in. As you hobble in, you can see this guard just punched one of the children flat in the face and has knocked him out. Roll for initiative, please. Toc gets an 18. You get a 15. So Toc 18, Vanda 15, Benny 9. Toc.
3: Uh, Toc is going to immediately launch a firebolt at the guard in front of him would devolve very poorly there only a 10 to hit
1: that is a fail so you miss Uh, Thunder.
2: I'm going to actually do something unusual I'm going to move into contact with the guard then I'm going to use telekinetic hand to push him out of combat with us which I presume is going to allow both me and Tok a reactionary strike and my reactionary strike is to take my cane and place it behind his foot so he's going to tumble over my cane as I force him to fall backwards over it
1: and it's 15 or 16 it doesn't matter he rolled a 7 unusually you step forward raise your hand palm side up and there is unseen force pushes the guard suddenly out of combat with both you and tok please both take uh, tock please take an attack of opportunity okay. you can do it at advantage as he has been knocked prone
3: oh tok's rolling awfully today um so that's only a 10 even with advantage
1: Unfortunately, Vander's sudden movement throws Tox slightly, so when you stab at the guard with the spear, uh, you miss You hear the click <laughs> as it hits the floor. He's turned over onto his stomach and begin to crawl towards the door, <laughs> which he can only do at... So that's going to be his turn. Uh, this guard is going to step forward. Uh, so this guard is going to move. They are going to draw very small crossbows to shoot at Vanda both times. That is a 14... I'm going to Reactionary cast Shield uh, for the first the one. second one with a miss also. Uh, so the two guards pull out their crossbows, fire twice at Vando, who spins surprisingly quickly, raising his hand in the air, and the two bolts flying towards him get deflected and just fall inertly on the floor.
4: Benny. So what I'm hearing is nobody's noticed me.
1: No one has noticed you, Benny. So I
4: can do a sneak attack.
1: Come on, Benny. <laughs> do you <Robert>. do you <laughs> a
4: sneak attack. 21.
1: Obviously hits. Uh,
4: Eight piercing.
1: From the shadows Benny lets fly with his short bow and the arrow embeds itself in the back shoulder of a guard but remains standing. Speaking of which Augustus, you have managed to calm down around half the children from inside you can hear the sounds of combat.
2: Yeah, I'll draw my sword and Get in through the door.
1: So you will now join uh, and you will get to go at the end I of successfully
0: the
2: successfully got in. Uh, and back
1: to the top of the round with talk.
2: Okay, so I'm
3: ignoring the guy who's basically crawling off towards the door as not being much of a threat and I'm going to charge the guy in front and stab him with my spear. Rolling slightly better than before with 18. It's a hit. Roll um, for damage. 7 piercing damage.
1: So ignoring the, the crawling guard, you charge forward with your spear and just impale the guard through the stomach momentarily lifting him off his feet. Banner! Uh,
2: I'm going to carry on moving up the way towards the elemental.
1: Uh, and this one, is—is is, he's crawling towards the door.
2: About to be taken over by a group of feral
4: children. Appalling consequences, I imagine. For everyone. I mean, appalling consequences seems to be the theme of this quest so far, it?
2: Uh, I'm going to uh, continue on my way across the floor, but turn and, uh, again... Uh, kinetic hand push that guard out of contact with Tok.
1: Uh, Tok, okay. would you like an attack of opportunity as the guard is thrust away from you five oh, feet?
2: will indeed. <laughs> but an
3: 11, I'm assuming, will not hit. Is a hit. It is. Uh, I see what their armor is. Not very good. Only three damage.
1: You slice with your spear across his chest, uh, and more blood splatters out around him. He is not long for this world, but he is still alive. This guy is going to crawl, and he reaches up and he grabs a chain which is hanging, and he's able to pull it. From above, you hear a creaking as something large and heavy falls from the ceiling, landing directly on top of him and crushing him to death.
2: Oh, crap. Why would they install a comedy anvil. Oh, it's not a comedy anvil. It's nothing that funny at all.
1: Stood where he was is a six-foot-eight
2: automaton we've well, got a I'll six do. foot nine automaton, so... Actually, he's also six foot eight. Well, I thought that. I listened to the recording of the last one, and he was referred to as both. I think it might have been banned that after a lifetime of making outlandish claims about the
1: size of things, <laughs> continued <laughs> with that. just <laughs> The guard attacking Toc, 16. Bounces off. Uh, the guard attacking Benny, 19. Yep damage. Uh, he slashes at you with a, a small knife he has. And Benny, it is your turn to retort.
4: I'm going to slash back with a small knife that I also have. <sighs> that is a natural one.
2: Game of
1: natural uno. Of seven. Uh, so the guard is able to duck and weave as the two of you... <laughs> it looks
2: like he could have just stood still and <laughs> dodged that one.
1: <laughs> as you two get into a slightly elaborate dance of each slashing each other with a knife.
2: Maybe stop dance-fighting Benny and actually hit the guy.
4: Shame we're not recording video, so you- You can't see my uh, dance knifing.
2: Augustus. (laughs) Well, it feels like the more pressing issue is the 6 for 8 automaton. Am I close enough to run up and hit him? Yeah, you can certainly get to him. Natural 20. 25.
3: (laughs) That'll be the way to do it.
2: Outrageous. Followed by 7 piercing damage. Okay, so that's 7 doubles. Also
1: augmented (laughs) by a piercing stare. Oh my god, so close to it. Okay, so 7 times 2 is 14, plus 3 is 17. Uh, That's a big hit. 6 for 8 of pure metal killing machine. And Augustus, who's just entered the room, charges directly at him, draws his rapier, and plunges it deep within the heart of the creature, quite heavily affected by that attack.
2: I suggest you give up now, my friend.
1: And now it's the automaton's turn. More balls. Oh, wonderful. (laughs) <laughs> Any medics in the room? Don't, um, oh, me. <laughs> uh, so you notice that it's on its two arms are blades. Uh, 12, so the first one just clinks off your armour. 23 for the second. Uh, it's so- 23 higher than 16. Oh. Uh, a natural well, uno. Please take four damage oh. after that lovely natural one.
2: That still puts me
1: pretty close to the felt.
2: <laughs> if... Uh, if my gang of noble outlaws could uh, weigh in at this moment, the noble Augustus will furnish you with a very fine hat. It's all right, Charlie is about to push him backwards. <laughs> I can neither confirm or deny. <laughs> You're going to give him a shove with two fingers and say, hold me back. Tuck, back to the top of the round. I will try spearing
3: this guard to death. No, I've roared awfully. Uh, it's a seven.
1: Once again, the guard is able to deftly dodge your clumsy spear attack. Why did we
2: get the shit robot? <laughs> <laughs> why didn't we get Edward battle hands
1: <laughs> uh, talk would you like to do anything else cuddle making a pancake colourful language Vander talk to me I'm gonna push the automaton out of combat <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's a constitution check for the automaton oh my god that's a five he wrote awfully uh, which way are you dragging him with your incredible magical invisible hand
2: I am going to push him one toward, one to the north
1: Augustus All of a sudden, the Edward Scissor Arms, or whatever you called him, gets launched five feet away from you. You may swing your rapier in an attack of opportunity.
2: 19. That's a hit. Five piercing.
1: The automaton is not looking in great shape. You know, you're used to Tuck, who's obviously quite beaten up and battered himself.
2: And unable to hit things.
1: Uh, But this thing is now kind of shaking. Its it's left leg is jittering uncontrollably.
2: Feels a bit like everyone in the room is now dancing.
1: The guard is going to attack Tuck. Thirteen is a miss.
2: Not even close.
1: And the other one is going to attack Benny. Thirteen.
4: That is also a miss. Benny.
1: Eleven. Is a hit. Just eight. Piercing. Please explain what happens to the dancing guard.
4: As the guard reaches out to stab Benny, Benny neatly sidesteps and plunges his own dagger into the guard's stomach.
1: Very nice. Uh, Would you like to move, Benny?
2: Hello politely suggest you move very quickly towards the really terrifying giant killer robot that's about to cut me in half and you've previously voiced the opinion that people should help friends when (laughs) friends are in trouble
1: sure Uh, augustus Uh, i will launch myself heroically at my foe launch 13 is a miss you swing the rapier and the automaton raises his bladed arm and there's a clink as he deflects your blow the automaton retaliates immediately 13 and a 10 So he blocks your attack, and then he launches two attacks of himself, which you deftly, with incredible footwork, parry twice.
2: Augustus smiles derisively. Tuck. Tuck's going to try and stab
3: this guard again, see if we can get rid of him. He rolled a 20. Is a hit. Is a hit,
1: right. Or more damage. (laughs) Two damage. You actually hit with the spear this time, cutting into the side of the guard, uh, who drops to one knee. Takes a deep breath, stands back up and holds onto his sword, ready to keep going.
2: Well, the blind squirrel was right on the verge of finding a nut there, wasn't he? <laughs> keep digging, buddy. You'll get there. Vanda. I am going to get all the way to the elemental. Having hobbled my way across there, I'm going to push the automaton again.
1: You are unable to move the automaton this time. Uh, as it, it kind of ready for it this time and it clamps its feet into the ground.
2: I do have some good news, though, Alex. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, I'm interested in glad tidings from afar. Well, I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to tell you now. <laughs> oh, feelings hurt. <laughs>
1: uh, Vanda, was there something <laughs> there else? There
4: was. <laughs> the I must have the good news. Okay, the good news is, if Vanda had successfully pushed him away from you, I wouldn't have been able to sneak attack him.
1: The Terminator guard is about to attack Tok again. 21, that is... Seven slashing damage, please. That takes out all my temporary hit points. As he stabs you as you had stabbed him. Benny.
4: Uh, I'm going to aim a shot at the automaton over there. Specify which one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Crazy move. Benny takes out (laughs) Tox. I will aim a shot at the automaton. 16.
1: Is a hit exactly what you needed. Six.
4: So 14 total.
1: Nice. Please explain what happens to the war
4: As the arrow from Benny flies across the room and embeds itself in the automaton's chest, we hear a loud fizzing sound and whirring, and suddenly it simply grinds to a halt and drops to the ground.
2: Augustus brushes down his jacket.
1: Well, Augustus, it is your turn. Would you like to spend your turn brushing down your jacket? Oh,
2: yeah. Uh, uh, God's yes, still would, not yeah. dead, is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that like, one that
1: still,
3: Talk, we're back to you, buddy. I stabbed the immortal one more <laughs> time. I <laughs> won't you die?
0: Because
3: oh you keep doing God. that. Oh God. Uh, so no. yeah, rolling a rolling a three <laughs> I managed to uh, grand total of six. Come on, Prodzilla. get on with <laughs> Gonna gonna roll this out for another turn.
1: The guard grins as you lazily stab at him with your spear, and he just ducks out the way. Oh dear, he's openly mocking you, despite the fact he's basically dead. Vanda,
2: I'm just gonna turn. Look at the the talk situation. Sigh, and then point my finger at the guard and go for mind
1: thirst. It's a hit. These roll for damage. Five. Vanda, please explain what happens to the immortal guard. I turn <laughs> <That's> and <nice>. <laughs> <laughs> I turn and point my finger
2: at the guard. Uh, the guard who's mocking uh, <laughs> <just> passes away <laughs> quietly in his
1: sleep. Grand <laughs> old <of> age. <laughs> So while you're fighting this guard and his eyes suddenly widen and he just collapses to the floor and you have no idea why.
2: By all accounts, it's an extremely peaceful death after a, after a very long life. Uh, you guys are out of combat. Gentlemen, I think it might be best to allow the children to leave the room before we discuss matters with the elemental directly. I fear this might be more dangerous than even Tox's great encounter. Uh, Augustus goes with the children to try and prevent a stampede of five-year-olds out into the night and I, yeah i wander
4: over to the automaton to have a look see if there are any parts that might be salvaged or if there's anything of interest well that was that was actually what, what Tok was thinking of doing as well it just depends whether
3: vander is about to do something ill-advised uh i'm happy to wait
4: oh so you are planning to please. do something ill-advised but you're just <laughs> going to give it five minutes
2: oh always planning something ill-advised but yes please take all the time you need if Benny's interested,
3: Toc will um will yeah, give a give a rundown of the of what's in the autom- automaton. I'm interested with a um, special focus on valuable bits. Toc will crack open the uh, the back there's a back plate on the back of the automaton's head. Inside, you'll see a like a clear ruby-like gem, lots small holes on it. You notice it's exactly the same as the one that we just retrieved from the Bounders station. And I'll say it Toc will tell you um this gem is memorandum. It is the memory core of the automaton
2: right right I'm gonna I'm gonna take the
4: the memory Ruby.
2: Well gentlemen, there is no way of doing the next bit with no safety issues so um, I guess it's time to hope and pray and with that I turn and uh, open the chamber of the elemental
1: and it explodes up. Uh, you can hear the wind the sound of a storm. Localised directly in front of you, spinning clouds form into a giant, almost humanoid figure, floating in front of you.
2: Greetings, spirit. I understand you will be most upset to have been kept in this fashion quite unjust, I completely agree. Who Who are are you? you? My name is Vander Finnick, and behind you you see an assortment of my friends. An eclectic bunch, but all mean you no harm. Nothing. Nothing. I understand that you might take a dim view of us, but we are here to free you, I hope that goes over well. It it does. That's good to hear, I'm no fan of the Empire, I genuflect slightly whilst wobbling on my staff. I was wondering if you might be interested in a change of circumstances. Be Be further. further. You see, I have a vessel, so we could offer you accommodation and i would imagine there'll be ample opportunity to fairly repay the empire for their discourteous treatment of you
1: sound good your persuasion check please
2: we're all dead guys if this <laughs> <It laughs> goes wrong okay i'm halfway at the door to be fair good luck
4: i've uh yeah, yeah noticed <laughs> situated myself next to <laughs> next door, to gets
3: at the door tock <laughs> yeah. has uh, Tok has faith in vander
2: 21 this would, would be, be acceptable. acceptable. Even for Vanda, there's a slight sigh of relief. Well, excellent. I'm very glad you've accepted. A pleasure to have you aboard. The, the em- Empire, Empire will, will fall. Vanda smiles back. Good. Good. If that guy's happy, I'm happy as well. Gustus doesn't want to pee in his nice trousers. He doesn't
1: say anything. And that is where we will end it. Was, <laughs> Holy crap, that was a big oh, roll.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was really hoping that was more of a plan than that's
2: uh, yeah, <laughs> open, open the gate and see what happens. <laughs> that could have gone so like, wrong. The whole time, by the way, I was making my way across um, with the, obviously thinking that we might not win that fight and thinking if I just unleash it, then we basically roll the dice anyway. I can't <laughs> imagine the elemental be too much of a fan of the people that have kept it prisoner. So just to be clear, your plan was: if we're losing, release the beast, and yeah. if we win, do it as well. <laughs> do it, do exactly the same thing. Uh, they? loot, then release the beast? Yeah, die with <laughs> die with some wonga, an extra two gold each. <laughs> something to know. pay the boatman, isn't it? <laughs> we also cannibalised a robot corpse, so you know that's got to uh, be, be something. <laughs> Good lord, is talk shit at fighting?
0: My god. Thanks for listening. Please consider supporting Dice Company on Patreon or on Apple Podcasts, where for the price of a cup of coffee, you get access to a whole other show, Extra Rolls, where the gang look back over previous chapters of the Dice Company story. Don't forget, you can find us on our socials at Dice Company on Blue Sky, at Dice Company Pod on X, and at Dice Company Podcast everywhere else. If you enjoyed this chapter, Please like and subscribe, and don't forget to recommend us to your friends. If you didn't like it, recommend us to your enemies. And we'll see you next time on Dice Company.